Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Larry Kim here and welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we're out here in South Carolina at a conference called SMAGCon, which is a social media all-day conference. We have hundreds of thousands of people here. We got a booth set up. We set up a unicorn. We put up a gigantic unicorn here. It's 10 foot by 9 foot by 16 feet. So there's this huge, gigantic, giant unicorn. If you check out my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Leonard Kim and you go see that Facebook live at the very top, you'll see how big and gigantic this thing is. Now here's some crazy things that we had to do. We had to figure out what to do with this thing because originally we thought we were going to get a 20 by 20 booth. And you know it would have been so easy to put a unicorn there set up a green screen behind it, start filming and have that green screen have some waves so it looked like we were at the beach. But you know, when we got there, it was a little bit tricky. Like we couldn't find our unicorn for about an hour. <laughs> we went hunting and hunting and hunting. Um, last night, we got in at midnight and we stayed out till about 3 a.m. So we're a little behind on the rest too. And at the same time, like at the conference, like when we got to our booth area, there was no actual booth. Like there was just two tables and it looked like we had a six foot by two foot space. We're like, how are we going to fit this gigantic unicorn there? But with some ingenuity and with some creative help with our buddy Dan Bennett, who came along with us to help us with this entire project, we kind of put everything together. But um, before we get into going over all these fun details and everything, I wanted to invite Dan onto the show. Uh, he owns a company, and that company is called DNA Design Co uh, Company. And what that does is it specializes in professional storytelling. But you know what? I'm not here to tell his story. He's here to tell his story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that, what it is, and what you're doing with it. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Um, of course. Basically, I, <laughs> I came up in the uh, engineering field and got bored of it in my early 20s. Took a that year off. That sounds pretty easy, right? <laughs> to get boring of engineering? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then uh, took a year off and realized that design was the part of engineering I loved, and that was kind of the beginning of my career. So I started off in design and branched off through other things into video and digital media in general. Like, if I could do design myself, that's what I would have hopped into right away. But then, you know, when you're a kid and you're trying to draw an art class, like I was drawing that stick figure and that didn't even look good like you know right. Ryan Poland or my business partner like yeah, he yeah. makes some amazing stick figures mine look nothing like that <laughs> yeah I was always a stick figure guy too but luckily I can use computers to uh, manipulate and make it look like I'm better than I am that's always a good thing I wish I knew how to do those skills so um, when you were in engineering school you decided to go into the storytelling aspect and the design aspect like what really helped you gravitate towards that um, oddly enough, I had a uh, professor that was letting me implement um, testing in his class because I couldn't test out of his class. Uh -huh. And we had a conversation one day and I found out that currently I made about the same amount of money he did and he had the degree that Whoa. I was going after. Um, and that was kind of the final nail in the coffin where I realized this isn't fun and I'm not going to make any more than what I am now, basically, unless I'm an engineer for 20 years. So I need to find something I love. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, especially when you're looking at certain careers and you're expecting that kind of career growth. Then you're finding someone there and you're like, you're not making what I would, would expect you to make. Is this really the path I want to go down? Yep. And even if it's not just money, it's passion behind yeah. it. Like, how much passion did you really have behind that engineering field? 
Um, none. It, you know, it was really one of those things where I had a drafting teacher in high school who said, hey, you're good at this, you should try it. Yeah. And I just did. Um, come from a single parent home, you know, and there was a lot of uh, growing up very quickly that had to happen. And I, I was good at it, so I just pursued it. Yeah, kind of like me, like I, I grew up with my mom and then like she decided to go move out to Hawaii and she's like, Leonard, you know what? You're paying for the car, you're paying for the house, you're paying for everything, go figure it out. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> I work at Macy's, we sell women's shoes. Do you know how little money I make? How am I going to afford all this? So I had to put on my creative hat and go, look, how am I going to change this? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I asked all my friends online, so what do you do for a living? How much do you earn? What do you do? How much do you earn? One of my friend John was like, oh, I'm making four grand a month. I'm like, what job do you have? He's yeah. like, I'm selling cars. I'm like, I'm doing that right now. Get <laughs> right an interview. So I hopped on doing that because, you know, that was the only way for me to actually go out there and pay the bills. Kind of yeah, like yeah. how you were going out there after that engineering degree because you felt that was the way to lead to success. Absolutely. But I think sometimes, like, the younger you are, you kind of look at situations and you're like, is this really the path I want to go down? And we're kind of, like, guided by the other determining factors in our life, like our parents, yep. the older people in our lives. Like, they kind of push us into the directions that they feel that we should go in. Yeah. But is it really the right direction? I, if someone forced me to answer, I'd probably say a majority of the time, 51%, no. Um, because you're generally following someone else's path that was pre-laid out for you. I was very fortunate that um, my mom pushed me in a direction of being creative. So I was already in live music and bands and doing that sort of thing, making our flyers and websites because we had to and we didn't have money to pay someone else. So because of her, I kind of already had an inkling that I love yeah. design. And when it came time to quit engineering, I just put the pedal down and went. Yeah, like um, I did a TEDx talk about a year ago. And at the end, I'm like, here's a few examples. Like, let's say you're an, you're an engineering student because your parents told you to, but you really want to go out there and you want to design something and you want to be a sound engineer instead. Or you're going out there and you're doing something because your parents told you to, but you want to do the exact opposite. Like, in our life right now, like, we're at that moment where our parents try to really dictate what we're doing. Like, adults really try to guide our dreams. Yeah. But is that really what we want to do? I mean, we're holding us back from ourselves. And then, like, when we look at the authentic and vulnerable aspects of who we are, are we being true to ourselves when we're pursuing what someone else is destined for us as opposed to what we truly want to do? Yeah, again, for the most part, I would say probably not. You know, there's an innate desire in us to want to please our parents and that sort of thing. And a small portion of doing what they hope we'll do is, you know, loving them back. But the rest is really kind of, I think, denying yourself exploration of what you might actually... I, passion gets thrown around a lot as a word, but I really believe that if you feel that, then it's a, you know, a good path to take. Yeah, and another thing is some people, they don't even know what their passions are. Like, they're like, I really, really, really like to swim. I really, really, really like to write. But then they don't associate that with the passion because they're, they feel that in order to be passionate about something, they have to have this burning desire to yeah. want to do it. Like, I've never had a burning desire to, well, yeah, I kind of had a burning desire to write, but I never considered it a passion. It's just something I really enjoy doing. And because I just kept doing it over and over, it turned into something bigger. And there's so many people out there who go into these creative fields because they have, they like doing it and they do it in their free time. Then all of a sudden it overcomes what they were doing before. Yeah. Now, some people are thinking, should I hop all in and go straight after my dream? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I usually think along the lines of a 60-40 split. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always in everyone's uh, realm of possibility to partially leave what you're doing. 
Uh, but that's kind of what I did is, uh, you know, 60% of my effort went into the thing I really, really want to do and 40% went into the thing that paid the bills. Yeah. Like for me, before I started riding, I was earning $16.24 an hour, really trying to make it in California. And I'm sure you could just imagine okay, how expensive yeah. it is compared yep. to somewhere like South Carolina, which would probably be okay here, right? Probably be like millionaire. <laughs> but anyway, like um, what I had to do is I was looking at the situation and I was like, okay, I have to go to my job every single day because if I don't and if I miss work, I'm not going to make it. But I really want to write. So what I did is I found and created times to write. Like I'm like, okay, on the subway to work, I'm gonna take a few moments to write. On this on this uh, bus ride home, I'm gonna write there too. When I'm in the bathroom <laughs> doing right. my thing, I'm gonna write there. Yep. So what I did is I found little areas to write. So I didn't hop all in because if I did, I'd lose my income and I right. go wrote so i had to figure out little creative ways to get involved too so that kind of makes a lot of sense yeah absolutely I, I like that story too because i could imagine you in between those little blips of creativity looking forward to the next one a lot yeah and then like since i hated my job so like it was like the worst job in the world all i wanted to do was escape it and if i could get back to doing what i loved yeah. it just made it even more powerful absolutely now let's say you like music like let's say you like art you can do these things and it's so easy but one of the things that I had a lot of fears with is publicizing that at the very beginning. Mm, yeah. Did you have that kind Taking of struggle? Risk. Um, I, I was kind of fortunate that I was in music and like performing live early on. So I got all the like jitters and getting made out. fun of me <laughs> and like bombing and all that on stage. I got it out when I was like 14. So by the time I was an adult, it was time to rock and roll and I didn't really care what anyone thought. But I remember the beginning. It's scary, man. It's scary for anyone to yeah. take your heart out, put it on your sleeve and then show it to people. Yeah, like I remember the first time I ever wrote a post and I was going to put it online. Like I sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, this has all my personal data. People are going to like judge me, mock me, ridicule me. They're going to call me names. And I sat there with that publish button. I'm like, should I click it? Should I click it? Should I click it? And I didn't know what to do. And for 30 whole minutes, I shook. Then I finally gathered up the courage and said, you know what? F it. Let's do it. (laughs) We shouldn't run away. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like, that like a few days later like a few people saw it, a few people uploaded it someone left a comment and was like Wait a minute. hey they didn't call me a jerk yeah. they didn't call me a loser what's going on <laughs> and it started turning into like a positive thing and i never knew that would have ever happened and i think if i never had that courage to push that button yeah. i wouldn't be where i am today it's what it takes man and you know cliche they say the way to eat elephants one bite at a time I suggest taking really, really big bites when you do, but still, man, you gotta you gotta take that first bite at some point in time. Yeah, true. And then, like a lot of people, what they want to do is they're like, "Oh, look, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna become super successful yeah. at the very end." And I tried doing that for like ten years of my life. I never really got anywhere. Did you? Um, I've had fleeting uh, dances with that kind of like fame and notoriety, <laughs> but it's been a very uh, steady climb for the last 10 years for me too. Yeah. For me, like when I changed my philosophy from, oh, I'm going to go out there and get a million followers, a million dollars, a million, whatever. Yeah. And I flipped it around to, oh, how could I just write two to three times a day? Like when yeah. I changed it to like this habit mindset, yep. all of a sudden like things just started to fall in place. It was like the weirdest thing. It's cool, too, because, like, the greats, I'm sure you're aware, all take a similar approach, like a Stephen King or someone who writes a certain amount of words a day. Yeah. And you look at the overall project, like, wow, how do you do that? And it really can be broken down into those habits. So it's not about going out there and trying to make a big book. It's not about trying to make a feature film. It's not going out there and trying to 
land a million dollar client all at once. It's looking at those small habits every single day and having those compound together to build something great. Because like, let's say, for example, you're someone who never brushed their teeth. Two years later, how would your teeth look? Horrible. Right? Yeah. And then like, let's flip it around. Two, two years of brushing your teeth every day, twice a day, flossing, not drinking coffee. How would your teeth look? Early whites. Right? <laughs> exactly. And it's just one simple tiny habit. And like some people, when they fall into this huge struggle, what they're doing is they have like maybe three or four bad habits that they're repeating every single day. And then just because they're doing it every single day, it's having this compounding effect on them. And all of a sudden they're waking up and going, where am I in life? But why are people honking at me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the other side of the equation, you have people going out there and they're doing these small, tiny things every day. Nothing that looks remarkable. Right? They're like, oh yeah, I just wrote 50 words today. Oh yeah, I took one picture today. Oh yeah, I took a, I sat in front of a camera for 30 seconds saying something today. They're doing these small, tiny things. And what's that really compounding into? Yeah, big, 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 big things made out of, you know, thousands of little pieces. Yeah. And it, I love that too, because it's a visual and you can imagine it happening. If you can just wrap your head around what it might look like to pile up, you know, a bunch of rocks and by the end you got a pyramid, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, like um, one of my uh, one of the people that I was reading when I first started, like he would always say, "Look for things that you're grateful for," and at least like say a few things that you're grateful for yeah. every single day. I like that. And when I first said it, I'm like, "I'm grateful for this guy." I'm like, I feel so stupid for saying it, right? <laughs> because like it's a new habit. It's like something new. It's like why why am I vocalizing this? Why am I thinking this? But then like. When I actually did it, like I actually saw these results from it because you're kind of like rewiring how you're thinking. Yeah. And those results kind of have this compounding effect that pulls together, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and my favorite part about that is it's scientific. It can be proven. Um, a lot of the business books I read are based on data and science and things that can be proven because it's a little easier to have faith in that and it's a little easier to implement a formula knowing that there's an answer you'll eventually get to. So with that, we have formulas, we have things that we can really go out there and actually utilize. We have some great information that we've covered here. We're going to hop off to a commercial break. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, but today you should probably follow me on Facebook instead. Facebook.com forward slash Leonard Kim. Check out that Facebook Live with the unicorn. It's pretty impressive. It is. Where can people find you then? Um, DNA Design Co., which is C-O forward slash DNA Design Co. on any platform and we're there. Perfect, and we'll see you after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, 
we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back again for another segment of Grow Your Influence Tree. We're out here in South Carolina at SmagCon, and right behind us we have our shuttle. And if I told you what the shuttle looked like, you'd be so confused because it would make absolutely no sense. Why don't you tell me what the shuttle is? Uh, it's about 40 foot long and yellow. I'm guessing you can uh, guess now. Yeah. And it says um, bus on it with a special <laughs> place in front. <laughs> so it's actually a school bus, which is completely insane. But I guess what the school bus could do is it could tell us about how you... How, what. Um, let me start over. So in our first segment, we really got into the journey of how Dan went out there and decided to skip on engineering and go pursue his passion for storytelling. And how if you're struggling with the same kind of situation where you're doing something that you don't really love, it might be time to reassess it and how exactly to do it in your free schedule. And now what we're going to do is talk about more like what um, Dan does like on an everyday basis and how his work actually works. Why don't you take a moment to tell us about that? For sure, yeah. So to make it easy for people, I generally say that we create digital content uh, for organizations and businesses that don't do very well at storytelling themselves. Uh, From there, it branches out. We do uh, high-end video production, web development, social media content development. The list goes on and on. But really, we're focused on helping other uh, people tell their stories more effectively. So when you say that people aren't able to tell their stories effectively, like... um I look online and I or I turn on the TV and I see all these different commercials. Are these companies like telling story as effectively as possible? These are people who are spending like millions of dollars on yeah. this stuff. I, I think that we agree on this because I kind of overheard you talking about some of it earlier where corporations just kind of talk at you. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to sink your teeth into anything. It's like all bone and no meat. Hmm. Um, so what we do is a creative discovery type meeting with a lot of our uh, you know, potential clients and we pull their passion out of them. And if that takes two or three meetings, we spend that time and we kind of become part of their family and their team before we ever start trying to pick what medium we're going to use or what platform it'll go on, any of that kind of stuff. And it really puts some of that meat on the bone. So by the time the end user is seeing it, you know, they're getting something that, that means something, you know, they're getting a story as opposed to just so when you say actor. you pull this passion out of them, is yeah. that like why they developed the company, why they made a specific product, why they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, we definitely go over the basics, but then sometimes you find out something like a successful cupcake company that's trying to go to the next level has never really shared the story that the original recipe came from great-grandma when she moved over to America. Oh. So there's a lot of times where just through becoming friends with someone and, and having a discussion and pulling passions out, 
there might be something within them that their end you know users, their customers don't know, that after we start telling that story, really takes them to the next level. So it's them having that story in the back of their head, them knowing that that story got them to where they are, but them not realizing that was the secret ingredient to get other people to get involved because they just think it's like second nature to them, right? Yeah, yeah. and all of us as business people, as entrepreneurs, if someone says, what do you do? We got kind of our pat answer and it's ready to go. But if you spend a little time talking to someone, you can get past those outer layers and then start to find out some new information. So what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a professional storyteller. Cool. What do I do? Um, like, um, marketing. You know, okay. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me about this? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, a lot of people, like, they struggle with that what do you do question. And, like, just getting deeper and deeper, it's like, where's the true meaning behind it? Because, like, no one really wants to talk about what they do. Like, let's be real. Like, do you want to be like, oh, yeah, I look underneath the car every single day and I see if there's the part that's, I, I make sure that one part's on there. Or I, I put this drill bit in there. Or I put, I open up a book and I read this chapter to two kids. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, do people really want to know that? <laughs> I, for the most part, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what they really care about is like what problems they're solving, what passions they they have, what inspires them to really get up and do something. I think that's really what drives them, right? I think so. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, people who that don't see themselves as a possible face to their company or as a personal brand within a company. They shy away from that because they really don't think anyone wants to know about it. But a lot of times the person and the people and the team are what an end user might want to know about. You know, that's so funny because like before I even started my company and before I started writing online, I'm like, why would anyone really care about anything I said? I'm just like yep. this broke Asian kid who takes the bus, goes to my job that I hate every single day. Why would anyone care what I thought? Like, yeah. I thought no one would care, right? Would you care? Yeah, I, it's funny that like having having known of you for a little while, but now meeting you in person, um, you have a very charismatic way about you, and it does make me want want to know and care about what you have to say. Yeah. But then let's flash. Let's go back like five years. Oh, right, like, before that. Five years before that, like, <laughs> would you even care? Like, you wouldn't even see me, right? right You'd be like, yeah. "Who's this guy walking down the street? Why does he look so depressed? I don't care. I'm <laughs> right. staying away yeah. from him because yeah. it looks like if I'm around his negativity, I'm going to get his <laughs> right. negativity too." <laughs> be on the other side of the road yeah, <laughs> yeah. but then it's kind of crazy like how just by going out there and writing it helped build like my confidence that yeah. helped me feel better about myself and i don't know i guess about this charisma thing or something i don't know oh, totally <laughs> it's a beautiful part about being a creative person is that the process a lot of times is similar to the one previous but the quote-unquote content that comes out of it is almost always different um I always talk a lot of times with potential clients that I have the best job in the world because I get to become part of their team, be part of yeah. the excitement, especially startups. There's all this cool stuff happening. And then they take all the risk and they got to go make money and I go, <laughs> <on> to, my, <laughs> go to my next project, you know. you like, so I, I got the easy way out. Yeah. I told your story. Now, good luck. And I go to the next. So. so a lot of people out there, they have this story. I think they want to know how to do two things. One, they want to probably know how to discover it. And two, they probably want to know how to tell it. Yeah. And but, you're kind of the expert at this, right? Yeah, I, I have my, my ways. I mean, some of it's a little bit of, you know, just talent within, thank God, of just pulling stuff out of people. Um, but I also have some ways of getting people to think about that sort of thing. Like a lot of times when someone has to describe what they do on camera in an interview, I say, okay, I don't want the boardroom version. I want the version where you were at work all day. You just got to the bar. 
you're off work, you had a drink, you get, you took the edge off, someone saddles up next to you and they're like, hey, what do you do? And you answer them, oh, you know what I do? I do this, this, and this. I want that version. I want that like really organic, free-flowing version that you're passionate about. Uh, how long was it after I got off work? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question for me. <laughs> because if it, was, no. if it was five minutes, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't leave the office yet. I'm yeah, still no. drinking. <laughs> Give me time. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. We'll say an hour. <laughs> if it's like an hour, maybe I'll be like, oh, you know what? I actually do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a great way. Like, um, when I tell people to tell stories, I'm like, just imagine that you're at the bar and you're telling someone about something that you love doing. Yeah. Totally. Like, you know how excited you get, the yeah. certain emotions you say? Yeah. Just say all that. Yeah, because you're not trying to accomplish anything. You're just expressing your passion. Yeah. And that's a great way to go out there and figure out like how to tell your story yeah. now you, you that's a good way for them to tell their story how would they find their story though like in my opinion you know i do the exact same thing just talk and what happens sometimes is people think about a passion and then they quickly think about can i make money at that thing yeah. and they might get discouraged or pursue it either way um but if you that's just a talk bad about question. yeah <laughs> if, you, if you just talk about life in general um, a lot of times you'll accidentally say what you like, or you might go try new things and find something you loved and didn't know. You know, if I thought, how much money can I make from writing? I don't think I would have started. No, right. I was at a point where I was like sick and tired of be sick and tired. Yep. I applied to like hundreds of jobs going, oh, I hope I could get out of here. Save me from this hell. Yeah, yeah. I went back to school thinking, if I get a degree, I'll be free from this mess. Yep. Then I start writing, and I'm like, you know what? I just got to do something. If this works, it works. If it doesn't, who cares? Yep. I just got to try. Yep. Take and the plunge. I think, like, if I thought, like, how much money do writers make? I'd probably start looking up, like, oh, journalist salaries or, like, yeah. um, salaries of writers. Then I'd probably be like, oh, they don't make that much money. Then I get discouraged and not want to do it. Right. So I think because if you don't attach the money factor to yeah. it, you have a better chance of like actually succeeding. Yeah, plus if you're talented and passionate, a lot of times you can make something that has a median income that you don't like, make a whole lot more than that just because of your approach, the crowd that follows you, and the content that you build. You know, one thing that I read that was pretty interesting is, you've heard about Dilbert, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the guy who writes Dilbert, yeah. right? He's not the funniest guy in the world. He's not the best cartoonist in the world. He's not the best employee in the world. But what he did is he took, he's better than average at odd readings. He combined odd readings together, cartoonists um, making jokes and work together. Then he became the best cartoonist about making jokes. <laughs> right. And then he grew like a million, like millions of people who read his stuff. Yeah. So like, let's say you're not even great at one thing, but you're better than most at like two or three different things. You could create your own field and just go out there and do something new because you don't have to be like the best designer. You could be the best designer of cars or oh, totally. the best designer of toy cars. Totally. And like change it up. And then if you go into that smaller area, your chances of success is go so much higher than uh, what it normally would be. And right. that's kind of like what Dilbert did. And he just crushed it. Yeah. I like that story, man. I'm glad you told <laughs> that because that happens in a lot of fields um, where you can say something like fashion. Yeah. But you don't understand maybe that sports medicine and ballerinas need each other. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's still within fashion. That's still within dance or whatever. Like you can go into a field and find, like you said, really specific things that you might be super passionate about and make a great living. Yeah. And then, like like some people who are 
not very mature when they get into the business. They'll be like, yeah, I'm a fashion expert. Yeah. And then it's like, what kind of fashion expert are you? Are you a sports fashion yeah. expert? Are you a scrub fashion expert? Are you a, are you a men's fashion expert, women's fashion expert, high-end fashion? Like, you, like, it's so hard for someone to really clarify and put that picture around exactly what they're an expert of yep. because there's so many like determining factors. And it's just like getting that clarity and putting that focus into exactly what it is, it helps like really define it. Absolutely, yeah. And we're kind of in a, a niche type society right now anyway, where you can go and find content that you're really interested in and not have to watch commercials or look at anything that you're not interested in. So um, I would imagine for 99.9% of things, there's an audience out there for you. You just got to grow it and find them. Yeah, now one thing, like let's say you're telling a story, right? And let's say you're capturing it by video, kind of like what you do, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of analytics out there are saying like attention spans are getting like shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's like maybe best to have like a 15 second video or a one minute video. But whatever the analytics say, it's it's a yeah. really, really short number. Yeah. But you have this compelling story. Yeah. You try to like fit it all into those norms that everything's moving to or? I'm gonna I'm going to be the guy that says no. Um, and the proof is in the fact that, like, for the first time, I'm 37 years old, I just saw some of the Harry Potter movies. So I know they're huge, people love them, they're yeah. everywhere. I just saw some for the first time. And I tell you what, they're longer movies, but the pace is so fast and you want to know what happens next so often yeah. that they're over and you're like, whoa, wait, and thank God there's another one on because I want to keep the, the ride going. So I always say no. If you do long-form content and you suck, that's it, man. You suck. It's, <laughs> that's not the viewer's fault. <laughs> but if you're good, people are going to watch it. And, and I'm living proof of that. Well, one thing I always thought about is that number is so low. Like, it's like 15 seconds or something insane. Because, like, let's say there's 100 videos out there. Yeah. And 99 of them aren't interesting. So they're watching it for two seconds. Then the other one, they're watching for seven totally. minutes, right? I, and I think that's what's pushing that number down. I would agree with you. I don't I don't have proof of what you're saying, but I really feel like that's probably what's actually going on. And then another thing I think of is like let's say I ask something very intriguing at the beginning of a video. Like let's say we're doing like a video about like um getting addicted to opioids if you have surgery. And let's say we were considering surgery right now and I said, What if there was a way for you or are you scared of getting addicted to like opioids and like heroin type stuff if you get surgery? And you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm about to have surgery. I, I'm scared of this, right? If, if that question intrigues you, you're probably going to pay attention to the rest of that video. Yeah. But if you don't care about that question, you're probably not paying attention either. Absolutely, yeah. And I think both are perfectly fine, right? Yeah. Like I skip over stuff all the time. And then the fun part about that is watching things I am interested in often leads to other things I didn't know I was, yeah. which kind of circles right back to passion. You might not know you're passionate about something until you go try black licorice for the first time. <laughs> yeah, and then after you try black licorice for the first time, you may be like, this isn't my passion. It's yeah. a red one. Get the vibe. So yeah, I mean, like stories go in so many interesting ways. Like just because, I think another thing is, just because someone's not paying attention to the story at the very beginning because of that one question, right doesn't mean they're not interested in you, right? Yeah. They're just not interested in that story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that kind of hits back to what you are saying of making the content, make sure that you're passionate about what you're doing. And, you know, if it bombs a little bit, make the next piece because yeah. it's not going to, you know, please everyone. But the best part about that to me, especially in video, uh, I did 30 tips and tricks on how to make better self on video once. And, you know, the first couple episodes were a little bigger and then they kind of trailed off. 
And then I had people finding some of the videos at the end and going to the beginning because they like the ones at the end huh. and starting over. So you never know how long that content's going to live and who might be interested in it two years from now. You know who Michelle Fan is, right? <laughs> that makeup artist uh, from Australia? No. Nope. Um, well, so she was one of the first like big YouTube stars, right? So what happened was she created makeup tutorials every single day. Okay. Every single day she'd make one and another one and another one and another one. And no one was watching it. Then one day someone discovered it, shared it with all these people. And then what they did is they went back to that content repository and discovered that she had all this mm. different content like that. Then all of a sudden, because she was so consistent with the content she was producing, even though no one was seeing it, she just blew up and became larger than life in the makeup field. Yeah. Now, other people, like, they produce content all the time, and then they'll have one thing just stick out, and then people are like, wow, this is great. But then when they go back to that content repository, if it's yeah. not of the same quality, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, one-hit wonder. Yeah. So if you're going out there and you're creating content, you have to kind of have that consistency there where you're creating at the same type of quality. Yep. So you make sure that if someone's actually going back to your repository, that you have the same kind of quality, and they're like, okay, I'm going to follow this person. I'm gonna listen to their advice and maybe one day I'll hire them too. Absolutely, yeah, and it's cool that you say that because it kind of hits on that earlier point of being maybe scared to make a piece of content. But if you take your uh, your anxiety and you kind of wash over that with worrying about the quality instead of what people are gonna think because of the information that we just gave you, um, you might make really great content right from the get-go, which you know, six months, 12, 18 months from now, is, could pop off and you'll be glad that you did. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Like, you never know exactly when the content's going to take off. Like, some of the things that I wrote, like, they ended up getting, like, you know, next to no views. Then some things I wrote got, like, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 views. I was just sitting there going, what was the difference? Yeah. Like, it's so hard to figure it out just by looking at it. Yeah. But, like, when you're just going out there and you're creating all the time, that's really what's going to make it work. And with you being in the storytelling profession and me being in the storytelling profession, like, a lot of our like philosophies have these similarities yeah. because it's what good storytelling is, right? Yeah, and you know, some of us had to just go out there and bumble around and fall down and get up and figure it out because there wasn't a show like this to listen to and get good advice before you go and make mistakes. I mean, everyone who's listening to the show, you have to be pretty lucky because, like me, I just winged it the whole oh, way yeah, through. Me too. <laughs> we had to wing it. And then, yeah. like, you have some experts here telling you exactly what to do to really go out there and get these shortcuts. Yeah, skip the potholes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Domino's is now filling up yeah, the potholes too. I can't wait. Ever I can't wait for them to. On, so, when I get off the freeway to go home, on the right lane, there's like this big, huge pot. <laughs> hall on like every single block i can't wait for Domino's to fill all those up because you know what i'll do all the marketing i can for Domino's if they protect my car oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm uh i'm from flint michigan so we're like probably top 10 in potholes man it's horrible that that marketing is great and it's great storytelling man it, they just need to just cover your whole state <laughs> dude, to be a yeah to be a pizza company and and market about filling some potholes so your pizza gets home safe that's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. It's like storytelling awesome. to the next level. Like it when is. I saw that, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I need to go buy a Domino's pizza. Yeah. And I don't even know if I like Domino's right, or right. not, but I'm supporting this mission. <laughs> I got to say, that's one of the first commercials I've seen on just standard television that I actually told someone else about. Yeah, me too. I, I was. <laughs> I tweeted about it. I'm like, they're filling potholes. Put in this zip code. Don't put in the zip code to your home because if you put in your zip code to your home, that's all residential. Yeah. Put in the zip code with the, yeah. the actual streets that need fixing. That's awesome. 
So we're going to hop off to another commercial break. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter and today especially on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Leonard Kim to watch these awesome videos. And where can everyone find you again, Dan? DNA Design Co. Put that after the forward slash of any platform and you'll find us. Perfect. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. If you tuned into the first two segments, you really got an understanding of how Dan really got out there into the, uh, to pursue the world of storytelling and skipped his engineering career. Then um, in the last segment, we really got into the development of the story and what those core elements are that make a story quite compelling. And in this segment, we're going to talk about wood paneling on cars. What do you think about that? Wood paneling on cars. I think if it's real wood, it's good because you can knock on it. And if it's not, it's just taking up space. (laughs) Okay, what we're really going to talk about in this segment is, okay, that was pretty good. Because if you're knocking on the wood, then you got something to knock on, right? But if it's fake, then what are you knocking on? But today, what we're going to talk about is what happened with us coming over to SmagCon, being at the social media all-day conference, being here in South Carolina. Where is it a little bit more humid than it is in Flint, or is uh, it about it the same? It just happened that it was the same because our uh, last few weeks were pretty sticky, so it feels like home. It feels like home for Dan. For me, it feels a little bit sweaty. I can feel my armpits getting a little wet right now. We're outside in this humid environment. I'm used to, you know, this dry weather climate all out in California with the nice sun. Oh, there's sun here too. But here, it's crazy. It like rained one hour and then it stopped. It was pouring and um, everyone here is driving pretty big cars. Yep. What, what did we do at this conference today? I, we've kind of like made our own way here, which I've done at conferences before. Sometimes if you're 
you're not in the lane with other people or you're not involved in specific things. You kind of make, you know, your own fun. And I think that's what we've done here with the giant unicorn and getting people to kind of, you know, loosen up and lighten up and have some fun, take some pictures with it and that sort of thing, which led to a lot of really great entrepreneurial type conversations. Yeah, I think one of the things that people usually do when they set up a booth or something is they try to sell people on things, right? Yeah. And like... They try to put their branding on everything, make sure that their logo stands out everywhere. We, we were like, you know, let's just get a big unicorn. <laughs> it doesn't it. have to have our logo or anything on it. It probably yeah. is better if it doesn't have our logo on it. So people <laughs> actually want to take pictures with it. All right. So that's one of the things that we really did for this. Another thing is we didn't really want to go out there and, you know, force people into coming to our booth or try to sell them on anything. Right. And... We've been selling our courses for years, and our courses range from like 500 bucks all the way to 1600 bucks. And we have people buying it because they're basically teaches people everything that we know from how to land a TEDx talk, how to go out there and pitch your startup, how to go out there and um, grow your personal brand, um, how to grow your personal brand if you don't have any expertise at all. And we've been selling this this whole time, but Brian came up to me one day and he's like, you know what? Let's just give it away. I'm like, hmm? What are you talking about? How are we going to make money? Are we supposed to make money here? <laughs> He's like, let's just give it away. I'm like, what about making money? So let's just give it away. I'm like, what about money? So let's just give it away. I'm like, why? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, just because. We thought about it for a while. And, you know, like, the courses are great and everything. But next year, we're coming out with a book. Um, it's going to be about how ditching the act like really drives loyalty and builds up those connections. Um, we're working with companies more more than not because they're the ones who pay us a lot of money to help us like you know go to thought leadership for their executives, train their employees, and doing things like that. So yeah, sure, the course is a lot of money, but why not just give it to someone? Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy to think about too. Uh, someone maybe casually checking this out. They don't even have any social media at all, and they run across a couple guys with a giant unicorn and get trained up in how to tell their story properly and then make some really authentic, you know, content. Yeah, and, you know, it's not every day you have someone who's gone out there and been there and done that. Like, me and Ryan, we grew our social media followings from scratch to the hundreds of thousands, got verified on social media profiles, added hundreds of media features. And, um, you know, you could say it's a fluke, but then when... You duplicate it for Ryan, then you duplicate it for a client, and another client, and another client. It kind of becomes a science. Yeah. So we're just basically giving away all the knowledge we know, and stupid idea, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or the best one ever. We'll it could be. It could be the best idea, and it could be the craziest one. Yeah. But, you know, in this free time that we've had to, like, really put this boot together and kind of, like, wing it together... We've had some more video time too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, created some content that you definitely would not have had otherwise. And yeah. uh, really showed that interaction. I mean, not to get too serious next to a giant unicorn, but I've seen some people have some light bulbs go off over their head. And having gone through uh, the, the first phase of the 313 myself uh, with Ryan, I've had those light bulbs go off. And then we happened to film it, and I've watched those light bulbs go off over and over when. I rewatch it, and I've, I've got to see that happen here. So it's cool that you guys are casual. People can just come up and ask questions, and even though it's fun and lighthearted, I've seen some serious conversations happen too. Yeah, and as a storyteller, you're capturing these stories as they happen. And do you feel that they're, like, natural? Do you feel that they're rehearsed? Like, I, What I've captured so far seems pretty natural. You can generally tell because 
the person or people don't know you're there. Yeah. If they can ignore a camera, you know they're really involved in what they're doing. <laughs> and a lot of the shots I've gotten while you guys are working are people that have no idea I'm there, so yeah. it's good. And, like, what, like, some people, like, they're scared about that camera, right? Like, I remember the first time I got on camera, I was like, Hi, my name's Leonard. Yeah. Uh, I'm here in front of camera. Yeah. What? Talk about what? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... I know a lot of people really struggle with this and it takes some time to really get used to it. Yeah. Like, do you have any, like, tips for people who really do that? Because I, I, I don't know what my tips were, but just keep doing it. Right, right. <laughs> um, I spent years behind the front of it. Uh, so I got a lot of training uh, having interviewed and worked with a lot of people who did know what they were doing. So I watched that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is something you did earlier, which was take a crack at Facebook Live, but not share it publicly. And yeah. you can review it, see what it looks like and all that. Um, and if it's horrible, you're, you know, you're, you're good. You can erase it. But if it was good, you're like, oh, okay, I can kind of do this. And then I think the last thing is find some people you can trust. doesn't matter if it's friends, family, people that will tell you straight, but also, you know, take your feelings into consideration as they do so and show them some of your content, you know, create some stuff for two or three months in a row and show it to them on a weekly basis until they're like, you know what, it's looking good. I think you got it. You should probably go public. So just to give you an idea of what we did is we went to go eat and we came up with like a general theme of what we wanted to do. Yeah. But we had no idea how it would come out and it could have been horrible, it could have been great. So instead of doing a Facebook Live straight to the public, what we did is we did a practice one which was private only. Yeah. So we could review it, we could watch ourselves and we could go, is that thing that we said, was that really important? Yeah. Was that... <clears throat> Were we off guard? Were we not saying the right things? Yeah. So we got to watch ourselves in action. Yeah. Then after that, we got to reassess it and then put together a better structure and go, look, we have these elements and these elements here. How do we combine these together? Yeah. And when we went at it the second time, how much better do you think it became? Oh, it, it was way better. Um, not only were you honing in the first one, but you were feeling each other out with, you know, for pacing and different things that go into video that are subconscious sometimes, you know. And then the second one, I was like, all right, we got it. Let's roll. Yeah. So sometimes it just takes one shot to the next one. Sometimes it takes two. But if you're going to go and do any type of video, like practice kind of like makes better, right? Yeah, totally. And it, I kind of like the Facebook Live to private um, mm -hmm. because it's still kind of scary for two reasons. One, it's your face on a camera, you know, and if you're doing forward facing camera, you see yourself and you got to go through that. And the second one is you could yeah. hit the wrong button and send that out <laughs> to everyone. So there's still a little element of, you know, like pushing yourself past the edge a little bit. Yeah. And um, another thing is, if you're doing a Facebook Live as your main communication channel, one, you're not paying for big video production that could be costly. Mm -hmm. You're on oh, the yeah. receiving end of that, so you <laughs> know how costly it is. You're not putting your money in my bank account, yes. And two is, um, like, let's say you hiccup, you cough, you fall down, you laugh, you do something stupid, you pick your nose. The audience is going to forgive you because they know it's live, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's the greatest thing, getting that audience forgiveness. Because once you get to that edited content like you make, yep. Let's say if any of that's in there, like, what do they think of that kind of video? Yeah, I'm, I'm not hiring this guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you have to have it be flawless if you're going without the, uh, with like an edited video. But on the other end, if you have that Facebook Live, you make mistakes. People might actually like you more for it, Yeah, right? I love, I love, like, yeah, anything that happens along the way and people just are self-deprecating, keep rolling. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah. Then after we did that one, we did a secondary one. That one was about 20 minutes, and we kind of went over the four Bs of vision, voice, validation, vision, voice, volume, and validation, what our core business model is, and shared that essential knowledge. That was kind of easier for us because that's, you know, what our expertise yeah, is, what yeah. our whole course is about. But we got to play with the props. We yeah. got to hang out. And yeah, move around a little bit, take yeah. shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when do you ever get to take your shoes off in a video? <laughs> I, I don't think I ever have. Actually. Really? Yeah, I'm going to oh, try it now. You're going to have to try it now. Yeah. Why don't you hop into our <laughs> unicorn right after the show? And why don't we do a don't Facebook do Live on you hopping in the unicorn with your shoes off? <laughs> Wouldn't that be pretty awesome? I'm in, yeah. Hey, you know, right after this episode, everyone's going to have to tune into your Facebook so they can watch this. <laughs> Where go. are they going to watch this? Facebook.com slash LiftedVox, L-I-F-T-E-D-V as in Victor, O-X. And right after that, you're going to have to hop back to Facebook.com forward slash Lighter Kim or Facebook.com, Ryan Foland 313 and watch the other Facebook Lives that we've been doing because, you know, we're here all the time creating content because if it's a social media all-day conference, then guess what? We're going to be creating social media content. All day. Now, tomorrow, me and Ryan... We're going to be hopping on the panel. We're going to be talking about customer acquisition, how to actually go out there and make that happen. Because if you're going out there and you're trying to build influence, if you're going out there and you're trying to build thought leadership, if you're going out there and you're trying to get followings, if you're trying to go and do anything, there's a purpose behind that. That's probably to acquire customers, right? Yep. Got to make a living. Yeah. Got to make a living. Got to go out there. And then we're going to be talking about exactly how to do that. So you want to... Should we Facebook Live this? I, we probably pull it off as long as the battery lasts long enough, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> stick it on a tripod or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be anyway. fancy. It's going to just be a panel with a little iPod staring at everyone. But hey, at least you get to see the content and you get to acknowledge it. You get to embrace it. And just like this radio show here, you could use that knowledge to further grow yourself. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, perfect. So let's see. We'll do that tomorrow. What else do you have in store for tomorrow? I know I'm going to be running around with a camera a lot pointing at people's faces. So <laughs> that's my main objective, I think. So we have another camera going all around. My wife, Angie's going to come out here tomorrow, too. So maybe we'll get some FaceTime with her. That could be pretty yeah, fun. That'd be fun. So me and Angie's about to move to L.A. That's okay. really awesome. She's going to move next Thursday. Then we're going to get a place together. And then um, use, we're, we're going to try something completely new. Okay. And it might not work and it might be kind of insane. But um, you know how there's, like, those people who give, like, life advice on, like, YouTube and stuff, yeah. right? We're going to try to combine our life advice. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be really bad. Okay. Or it could be really good. And it could be, hey, man, uh, variety is the spice of life. And yeah. that's so true. Like, that, two different angles to a similar solution. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, like, mostly when you go online, you see one angle. It's either a guy talking from a guy's perspective or a girl talking from a girl's perspective. But when do you ever get it where it's a guy and the girl's perspective? Yeah. Like, you push for a minute. I'm going to tell them how it really is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and you'll be like, let it shut up. This is how it really works. And right. I'll be like, okay. All right. I'm staying quiet now. <laughs> and, but I, I think, I think that could either turn out really, really good or really, really bad. But we're just going to give it a shot and see what comes from it. I like it. It's a new form of content, right? I'll tune in. You'll tune in? Yeah. I think I'll have to tune in. Too, or else my wife would be pretty pissed off about it, right? Oh, <laughs> so let's see. We have a few more minutes here. Let's um, 
So at this conference, there are speakers who have traveled all across the United States. They're social media experts. They've been here talking about the tips and tricks on how to really go out there and go following. Uh, there's going to be a lot of material that's going to be shared online at smadcon.com. Um, this conference is actually pretty... It's a, it's a lot more better than what you predicted, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a um, a wider variety of topics than I thought I would see. Because um, sometimes you think of social media, and it's like, yeah, just sharing stuff. Uh, but they're really breaking down a lot of individual topics and, and really getting into the nuts and bolts of how that works. Yeah, and it's always great to see all that because once you have all those elements and elements together, you can really crush and do something big. Yeah. Or you can just take one of our courses and just get all the information <laughs> from people who've actually done it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? That's my favorite part about this kind of stuff. Like reading books from great authors or seeing a panel of, of people, they all have their own journey and they, they're packing a bunch of years into an hour. And I get to take all of their years in an hour and apply them to what I'm trying to do. And they just gave me the best of, you know, what took them all that time to do. And I just got in an hour and went home. So I like that kind of format. And you know what's going to be great? Over the next three years, whether Dan knows it or not, he's going to be creating that content for you to share with you and your audience. <laughs> and he's looking at me going, I never signed up for this. <laughs> but if you go and follow him, you're going to see him slowly start creating all this kind of content with all his expertise because guess what? He's going to be the next big storyteller and you're going to be able to learn these storytelling elements from someone who's actually been going out there and doing it. And I guess this is more of a challenge than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I like it. Are though. you open to this challenge? I am. I Are am. you ready to go out there and create content? I am. Like, it's weird that you're saying that because we don't know each other, you know, super <laughs> closely, and we just met in person for the we first time. We just met yesterday. <laughs> and if you knew what I've been doing behind the scenes for the last, like, six months, you, you would uh, understand why that it's kind of intriguing that you're bringing this up right now, so... So where challenge is every accepted. so your challenge is accepted and yeah. people want to follow you so they could stay on this journey. Where yeah. should they end up following you? Um, you know, like Instagram, I get to the most. Uh, so Instagram.com forward slash DNA Design Co. That's C O. Um, but DNA Design Co. After the forward slash of any platform or there, um, wasn't much of a Twitter guy, and Ryan kind of kicked my butt there, and I've been posting more there. I'm generally trying to show a lot of behind the scenes of what I'm up to as a business, but also. Um, you know, posting some of my work and some of the more pretty things that I get to do. So there you have it. <clears throat> we have Dan Bennett here. You've learned a lot about him. You're going to go follow him. You already know me. My name's Larry Kim, in case you forgot. I forget all the time. <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't forget, though. But, you know, you can always follow me, uh, Mr. Larry Kim, on Twitter, um, especially this week on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Leonard Kim, so you can really check out those Facebook Lives that we'll be doing because we're going to be crushing it with content, getting you the best stuff out there, and you know what? Next week, we're going to have even more amazing content for you. So thank you so much for tuning in to Grow Your Influence Tree, and we uh, will see you next week. Awesome. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.